When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, January 19th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Mississippi's Veterans Administration eyes a boost in funding. Then, why some New Year's resolutions fail. And how low-income Mississippians can get discounted medical care for pets. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Representatives of Mississippi's Veterans Administration health care system appeared before the State House Appropriations Committee yesterday. Their big pitch, more funding to be able to compete in an increasingly thin labor market. Stacy Pickering is the VA executive director. He spoke with MPB's Kobe Vance in the halls of the Capitol. Can you tell me, how are things going in y'all's nursing home right now? You know, it's, it's been a great turn coming out of the worst of the pandemic a year ago. Once the vaccines got here, it was a game changer. We've had zero COVID-related hospitalizations or COVID-initiated hospitalizations. We've only had one resident in the last year that has passed away due to a COVID-related illness. So uh, even right now in Omicron, we've had up to 35, 37 in one home at a time. And only two of those were showing symptoms. So it's uh, definitely the vaccines have been a lifesaver, the booster shots. And over 85% of our residents across the board have gotten the vaccine because they understand how important that vaccine is to their health. During the hearing, you were mentioning some of the struggles y'all are going through with when it comes to staffing. You know, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, staffing is a big issue across all of healthcare, whether you're in an acute hospital setting or a long-term care setting or assisted living. Uh, we're in the same boat, a little behind the curve as the state veterans home, because until a year ago, we were under the state personnel board and our salaries were capped. Uh, the legislature took action. It, we're now we're digging out, but we're still competing with traveling nurses, temp staff agencies that are paying as much as $85 an hour. So our hospitals are paying that much and finding the revenue streams of which to even compete at some level to stabilize our workforce. That's one of the most difficult issues. And again, it doesn't matter if you're a hospital or a nursing home. The nursing staffage, the nursing shortage nationwide is one of our biggest struggles and biggest friction points on a day-to-day basis. And you mentioned that the number of people you're having to bring in temporary-wise is varied by different areas. I mean, was it Collins that has a very low uh, staff, like in-house staffing right now? Collins is our biggest because we're dealing with other markets such as Laurel, Hattiesburg, McGee, 
Covington County Hospital, and as well as all the nursing homes in those markets. And it's a smaller market for us to pull from. Uh, but that is our most difficult market. Other homes we're doing as well as up to almost 80 percent staffing uh, and relying on temp staff less in those homes. So it's across the board, depending on the market where you are. But, you know, when you're dealing with over 50 percent of your staff, our temp agency staff that are coming in, they may be there for two or three weeks, maybe for a month. Uh, it, it gives inconsistency care, and inconsistent care for our staff, our residents. And so we're continuing to work that through the system. And how do we compete in this marketplace that we're all in now? What do you think it means for the, for the residents to have that temporary staff come in? Are they able to provide the same level of care that somebody who works with them 24-7 you know, for several months or years? Well, the good news is most of the temp staff come with years of experience. They, you know, they do a really good job when they get there and they augment us. And that's one reason we're also looking at can we do a longer contract with some of these temp agencies so that we can have a more stable workforce. They may not be our employees, but it, can it be the same employees week after week to give our residents that familiar face, that familiar knowledge base? And so it's not something that just we're dealing with, but every long-term care facility across the state is really struggling with a staffing issue. And it's not just health care. I know our fast food restaurants across Mississippi, our retail providers are all struggling with staffing as we come out of this pandemic. When it comes to staffing, is it just competing on people who live in your area, or is it also competing with the prices that temp agencies can offer uh, their employees? You know, I really hate to say it's an all the above, but, you know, it depends on the market. How big a market pool do we have to pull from? Getting people to move to that market for what we're paying is it difficult. But then the issue is, you know, our salaries and what we're able to do whenever temp agencies are paying in hospitals up to $95 an hour for a registered nurse, we really can't compete at that level. And so hopefully at the end of the day, it's more about the mission and pigs who really want to go to work every day with a purpose of caring for the veterans of this state and this nation. The men and women who've worn our nation's uniform have served the battle. Do you get to go to work with that purpose? That's why we've had a lot of our staff saying we'd rather be a part of that. I may not make the, the large salaries, but I'm going to be doing something that makes an impact every day. And that's at Mississippi Veterans Affairs what we get to do. And then lastly, the Department of Health has graphs that show that at the beginning of the pandemic, during that first wave, around half of deaths were in long-term care. And then the next graph of the next wave was a fourth of deaths were in long-term care. And that's continued to go down and down. And now it's only a small percent of uh, the overall deaths are in long-term care facilities. What do you think that says for the vaccine and the effectiveness of that? Well, it's not just the vaccine. The vaccine works. In, in our own homes at the Mississippi VA, four facilities, 600 beds. We vaccinated last January on the 9th is when we started the vaccine process at our four facilities facilities. We have not had a single COVID-induced hospitalization or death. Uh, we've only had one individual who had COVID at the time of his death, but he had several other comorbidity issues. The vaccine works highly effective, but the other issue is masking in that environment. Now, I'm not a proponent personally that we should wear masks everywhere, but in that environment, absolutely. And our staff does a phenomenal job. Just in Oxford, we had over a dozen staff that were out with COVID-19 last week and no residents had it. That's because they were very disciplined in wearing their KN95 mask while they were at work, while they were caring for the residents, and the residents never got infected by the virus. It has been a great success story when those infectious control procedures are put in place and used disciplined every day. Stacy Pickering is executive director executive director of Mississippi's VA. Coming up, why some New Year's resolutions fail. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. 
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Eating healthier and better managing weight are among Americans' most common New Year's Eve or rather New Year's resolutions. But now, as we near the end of January, plenty of people are in danger of, or already have, fallen off the wagon. Paul Robertson is a dietitian at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. He joins us to explain why some resolutions fail and how we can better keep the promises we make to ourselves. From a standpoint of planning your resolution. Uh, you know, success rates, failure rates hinge on uh, a multitude of different reasons. Uh, I think one, some factors that, you know, limit or hinder people's success uh, with their weight management goals could be less planning. They don't get the details worked out, perhaps, uh, how much time they have to do things, how they're going to allocate their time. Uh, they don't look at their finances, what's the financial constraint of what they want to do to achieve their goals. They don't necessarily plan with their commitments. Sometimes planning may involve looking at your current obligations and commitments, ranking them from most important to least important, and you may have to you may have to take out a few of your uh, least important obligations and commitments just to make time for some of the lifestyle changes that'll be in there, but and then I think sometimes people also hurt themselves uh as far as, you know, factors that may impact uh success or failure. People have an all or nothing mindset. Uh, they think that if they cannot do it perfectly, uh, that they just shouldn't do it at all. You know, I've, I've had patients or individuals talk with me. They've, they've done really good for two or three months, and then they've just had a really bad few days or a bad week, and it just upset them so bad that they decided they, they needed to quit because uh, those bad days or a few bad weeks uh, surely out outperformed the two or three months of a greater amount of time of commitment and effort on their part. And uh, that just wasn't the case, and so they, they need reassurance sometimes as well that, hey, you've done a fantastic job. Sometimes life is going to throw you some curveballs and just be what it is, life. And uh, you, you just want to make sure that you can be mindful that uh, this isn't necessarily a, a perfect process. It's it's never a perfect climb. I like to use, you know, climbing Mount Everest perhaps sometimes. That's overwhelming for people, and uh, people think they're going to get there and one uh, completely, uh, they're, they're going to get there at a rate where they're just continuing to make progress the whole time, and they're never going to necessarily have a setback that drops them down uh, just a, a few steps back before they can kind of regain their ground and move forward again. So uh, realistic expectations uh, that, you know, your plan uh, may not work as well as you would like it to, uh, but it can work, and then you can continue to learn from what works from your plan and what doesn't work and tweak and adjust as you go. It sounds like the mental aspect of this is key to success. Sure. Mental health with this ha- has a lot to do with it. One, one thing I always will encourage is if someone is struggling with their mental health, make sure they get in with an appropriate provider who can assist them and help them uh, with the management of it. Mental health is a very real struggle. COVID has exacerbated that for a lot of people. And so making sure you've got a good support team, starting with a good uh, health care provider that can help. I think one of the other uh, factors perhaps that impacts uh, the mental health aspect of this is, you know, why are you doing it? Why, are you, why do you want to lose weight? And so I think sometimes people have this mindset that, you know, perhaps they, they struggle with loving themselves, uh, not in a haughty manner or trying to put yourself way over others or anything like that, but considering 
uh, each one of us is just as important as ourselves. Uh, but people struggle with self-value and self-worth at times, and they think, you know, if I if I can just lose 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds, or maybe a little bit more than that, perhaps, um, I would be something. Uh, right now, I'm nothing, but I would be something. And uh, one of the core principles of that is is you should love yourself no matter what. Uh, as people, you know, we all struggle. We're all flawed in a sense, but we're, we're loved anyways. And uh, so one of the greatest truths is to know that you're loved and just put focuses on other aspects. You know, there's a multitude of reasons why people want to lose weight. Some of it's to improve uh, fertility. Uh, some of it is just, hey, I'm I'm tired of not being able to bend over and tie my shoes. Uh, we've had uh, patients in workup where they're wheelchair-bound beforehand from our surgical standpoint program. And uh, six months after the weight loss surgery, they're walking around, they're climbing stairs, a whole flight of stairs where they couldn't even uh, come close to getting out of a wheelchair beforehand. So there's there's tremendous differences, and there's a lot of enjoyment in enjoying the uh, just the basic uh, pleasures of life that sometimes we all take for granted. So I think that's a big part of it. I think, uh, you know, one thing that people, if, you, if you've never had a lot of um, – I guess, uh, experience working towards weight management or better health, it can be very consuming. Uh, that is a very strong, uh, factor that's going to impact someone's mental health as part of this. If you're already feeling, you know, perhaps pretty overwhelmed at this point with, you know, other factors in life, you don't want to make this very stressful either. Uh, one thing that can help, uh, to decrease the stress that comes with lifestyle change is to realize that, you know, your approach needs to be personalized for you. What can you do? What What's realistic for you? Uh, you know, yes, there are things that we know are going to give uh, people in general a better success rate with what they do, but not everybody can do the same thing. So you have to ask yourself, well, what can I do? And sometimes it may just be coming up with a few basic things like, hey, you know, I'm used to drinking, you know, four cans of soda a day. I'm not necessarily going to cut it out, but I can cut back to just one can a day. Doctor, we appreciate your time. Is there anything critical that we missed? I would just say it's okay to have setbacks. Uh, it's okay to have a plan that doesn't necessarily work as well as you want to. Uh, you've tried, you've given it a go, and uh, you should be commended for that because it takes a lot of courage to step out uh, in faith and try something. Um, you know, if, if nothing changes, nothing changes, right? But if you've tried something and even if it doesn't doesn't get you where you want to be, it's still okay. Uh, we're here. We're uh, eager to help and absolutely want to do so uh, to encourage anyone as they work towards better health in, uh, in this time of the year. Well, we really appreciate your time in speaking to us and really interested in what you talked about in terms of the mental aspect of this. Thank you so much. Thank you, Desiree. I appreciate the opportunity. Coming up after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, how low-income Mississippians can get discounted medical care for pets. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing the leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. At a certain point in our lives, almost all of us decide we might like a pet dog. One big barrier, though, to pet ownership is cost. 
not only the cost of acquiring an animal, but the even more daunting expense of taking care of it. Jackson area nonprofit Mississippi Spay and Neuter works to close that gap, and it's recently received a grant that'll make its services more affordable for hundreds of low-income pet owners. Shelby Cyphers is the organization's communications director. This is a a big grant for us, and this is actually the second grant we've received from an organization based in the United Kingdom. They're called Dogs Trust, and they have an arm in the United States. And their nonprofit is all about helping dogs, and spay-neuter is is one of the ways that we can help dogs, and it's one of the most cost-effective ways we can save lives. So this grant specifically helps um, animals in basically the Jackson Metro um, who come from low-income households. It helps to get them spayed or neutered so that they don't reproduce and cause more financial strain for the family and more homeless animals. Well, the price is $65, or that's the amount the grant will contribute. Exactly. That's the amount the grant will contribute, and that's... um, the price starts at 65 for small male dogs and goes up to um, 100 for the largest female dogs. So um, it does pay for a significant chunk of the surgery fee. How long does it take a pet to recover from this type of surgery? The incision is the, is the main thing that pet owners need to be worried about. Now, your animal is going to feel completely normal after about 48 hours and the biggest struggle that, that guardians of animals have is that their animal doesn't act like they had surgery at all. They want to play, they want to run, um, but they really need to keep that um, incision clean and dry for two weeks while it fully closes. So they have to wear um, an e-collar, which a lot of people know is a cone, um, or people call it the cone of shame. They have to wear that for two weeks to keep them from licking that incision and opening it up or possibly getting it infected. Um, and we don't want them running and playing for two weeks. And so families in Hines, Rankin, Madison, Capaya, and Simpson counties are eligible mm-hmm. for this. What is the income range? The income range is a household income of under 35000 a year. And do you think that um, there will be a lot of people that take advantage of this? Oh, it's it's been... Uh, so far, a, a huge response, and we um, received a grant before, and that had a huge response. Um, the need is huge. The need is, is bigger than we could ever keep up with, at least at the moment, but we, we do our best. Um, and I will say that if there is anyone who has a pet, a cat, a dog, and does not fall in those guidelines, we, we help everyone, and we do our best either with grants or um, with our personal Um, funding to make sure that every animal has access to spay and neuter. So don't want to discourage anyone from giving us a call if they don't qualify for this particular grant. Anything that I didn't ask you that's important to mention? Um, I will just say that spay and neuter not only prevents animals from reproducing, but does have health benefits. You'll notice that it can prevent uh, reproductive cancers, and also pets can live longer if they've been spayed or neutered. Kind of a secondary benefit is If they're spayed or neutered, they don't try to escape as much, which means less animals getting hit by cars. Um, Most of the animals you see, um, unfortunately, dead on the side of the road are unneutered male animals looking for mates. So there are a lot of great benefits besides just reproduction. Shelby Cyphers, communications manager with Mississippi Spay and Neuter, thank you so much for telling us about this program.
Thank you, Desiree. I hope you have a great day. That shall be ciphers of Mississippi spay and neuter. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10, it's in Everyday Tech. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. See you tomorrow at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. Have a good day. Thank you.